0: Today on episode number 71 of the Marketing Musician Podcast, which you can find at marketingmusician.com forward slash 71, we're talking about lessons from Ginger Baker, the famous drummer from Cream and Traffic, and we're going to talk about getting your first gig. It might seem like a lot to make it happen today, but you give it all you got, and you just might find your way. Just make the music. All right, hello, you marketing maniacs. It is I, your smiling host, Jem and Dave Jackson, author of the book Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. That is available if you just look for Get Your Band Out of the Basement on Amazon. You can pick it up for couch change. I'm telling you, true. Our website is marketingmusician.com. You can also get the audiobook. I have the audiobook available on the website, as well as a quick class you can take on building your band's website using a free software called WordPress. And so if you're tired of using these other hacky kind of sites, you can now have complete control of your website, what it looks like, and you can find that out at our website, marketingmusician.com. And today, I've been doing these kind of these different uh, lessons from. We did a thing about Stevie Nicks. We did a thing about Paul Stanley. And uh, today... We're doing lessons from Ginger Baker. Now, if you're not a drummer, you may not know who Ginger Baker is. He's actually a really talented drummer. That's the sad news. He's really talented. And I watched this on Netflix, and it's called Beware of Mr. Baker. And it's an interesting look at the drummer from the rock band Cream in the 60s and Traffic. And why is it called Beware of Mr. Baker? Basically, this guy's a douche. He's just a giant, self-centered, egotistical, drunk most of his life, as well as a druggie. And it went, at one point, this is the part that was like, man, this guy must just be an absolute tool. At one point, the guy, who many say is one of the best rock drummers ever, uh, had to place an ad in a magazine. It might have been like Billboard or something like that, to try to get a job as a drummer. It was like 60s drummer from Cream and Traffic looking for gig. And I was like, what? That was just amazing that here was this guy, critically acclaimed, and why was a guy that talented putting an ad for a drummer? Because nobody who knew him or knew people who knew him wanted him. He brought way too much baggage. They show one of the bands he's in after, like, Traffic... And he goes to sit down on his drum throne, and he's just toast. And he falls off the stool and, and lands on his head. And everybody's like, ah. But here's my thing: if if you've ever had to deal with someone on a regular basis who is intoxicated, ladies, we've all had to hold, you know, your friend's hair while they puke, and guys, we've had that guy that just you're like, come on, I want to go home, and he's like, ah. Thinking about puke, right? That gets old real quick, and this is coming from somebody who was married to an alcoholic for uh, ten years. The last three years were just a treat. That it, you think it's fun, and you were are going to party, but really, it is the music business. And when you don't make the best decisions when you're messed up, and this was a guy that just kept making the uh, the worst decisions. And the other thing is. He's a tremendous egomaniac. Like he was saying how he was so much better than John Bonham and this and that. And you know what? He might be. But there was there's two schools of thoughts on this. There's Jimi Hendrix, who when was on the, the Dick Cavett show back in like the, I don't know, late early 70s, something like that. And Dick Cavett said, yeah, you're you're one of the best guitarists ever. And he's like, ah, I don't know. You know, I'm not that good. Very humble kind of guy. Then you have the Kanye Wests of the world who are like, I'm a musical genius. No, and you just want to punch him in the face. And so who wants to be around that guy? Who wants to be around the genius? I'd rather be around the genius who doesn't think he's that good. The, if we put this in the dating world, right? Ladies, isn't it great when you find some extremely hot guy who doesn't know he's hot? And guys, isn't it awesome when you find this just phenomenally like, wow, wow, And she's like, oh, I'm not that pretty. You're like, oh, that's here. Come here. Because it's the attitude. It's the attitude, really, that shines through. And so this guy is basically broke at this point. He's, in fact, half of the bands he was in, it was Ginger Baker's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, okay, okay. And finally, you got a band in the 90s with some grunge thing that they didn't have to say Ginger Baker, but it looked like Grandpa back on the drums. It was really weird. And we all have egos. And, you know, that that's something you have to admit. As much as you say, oh, I don't have an ego, yes, you do. We all want to be heard. That's why you have volume knobs. But that's why you also have to work together. And that's why whatever band you're going to be getting into, or if you're in a band, make sure you all want to play the same type of music because... When you don't get to play your type of music, your ego says that you don't count and nobody's listening to you and then things start to get frustrating and weird. And again, I talk about this in my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. We'll be playing a clip from that here in a bit. Uh, But there are going to be circumstances also when it comes to your ego that are not great. There are going to be things that are just not fair. And then there are other going to be times in your, your music career when you just get a huge break. You're at the right place at the right time. And there are those that could say, you shouldn't have to go through those times when it's not fair. And there are going to be those that say, you know what, you didn't deserve that break. And so I don't know who coined this, but they say that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react. And I always say your response is your responsibility. So don't say, well, I punched him in the face because he made me mad. Well, no, you let him or her make you mad. Your response is your responsibility. And when you accept responsibility for your actions you are no longer a victim. I hate the victim mentality in the world today, right now. We're all, oh, if only... no, 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 you're responsible for who you are, what you do, and take ownership of that, and then you're no longer a victim, and you can get out there and do your best work. So if you're interested in that, if you have Netflix, it's an interesting journey to watch this guy go up and down and up and down and, and watch his friends go, you know, I love him to death, but I just can't hang around him because I can't watch him destroy himself over and over and over again. He does have an autobiography and I guess it would be fair to read that as well because this is just the well, I'll put it this way at the end of the movie the guy that that lived with him for a while to make this documentary Ginger Baker goes out and hits him in the nose you know gives him basically almost breaks his nose with his cane. He's just a he's just a giant tool. And um it's, it's interesting to watch. And like I said, a lot of lessons can be learned from that. If you do like what you hear here, it helps us get seen. Go over to uh, marketingmusician.com forward slash iTunes, and then go into iTunes, and uh, that'll take you right to this show's page. Write us a quick review. Helps us be found, and it's an easy way. It's a free way to support the show, and another way to support the show is uh, if you do want to buy my book. Now, I'm giving this away for free. You don't have to buy the book, but uh, today... This is uh, the end of CD2, and it talks about getting your first gig. It's very hard getting your first gig. You just need that one club to give you a break so you can go to the other clubs and go, yes, we've played out, we've played at this club. And getting that first break is hard at times. Realize when you're marketing your band, a lot of it is just keeping your name in front of potential bookers. So it's stopping in to say hi. Hi. It's, you know, sending postcards, whatever. I'll give you an example, and it also ties in with what I talk about making friends with the enemy. By being tied into the local music scene, we had already dropped off a promo packet at a club that we wanted to play at. And this person, again, like most club owners, said, look, I've got a, a stable of bands that I use. They always bring in people. They do their job. Why would I want to change? By being involved with other local musicians, I heard through the grapevine that a band that played at this club, their drummer broke his arm. So I called the club and said, hey, I don't know if you've heard, you might want to contact them, but their drummer has broke their arm, and I see that's only a week or so away. I wanted to let you know that my band is available, so here again is my phone number, you might want to contact them, and if you need a band to play, we'd be more than happy to pick up that gig. So that got us our first booking at that club. And sure enough, we went in, we brought a crowd, we were great, she loved our music, thought we sounded great, and we had a continual booking there about every two months. So sometimes it's just a matter of luck and being at the right place at the right time, but also you have to have those relationships already established with potential bookers so that when opportunity does come knocking, you can take advantage of the relationship that you've already started. All right. And there you go. Just a little taste from the book. Get your band out of the basement. That is available again out at our website, marketingmusician.com. You can also uh, find it out at amazon.com. And we'd love to hear what's going on in your neck of the woods. The words. I'm making up new words today. Woods. And, uh, as we, uh, we're, we're going to start wrapping down the, uh, marketing musician podcast. Just so you know, we're on, um, diss two. We've got a few more. Uh, we've got f- four and five. And I believe at the end of the year, I'm going to probably, if, if I'm not back in a band, uh, depending on the scenario, uh, we're going to probably wrap up the Marketing Musician podcast. I've been doing this topic, wow, for probably going on 12 years. And there are times when I just don't know what to say when I turn on the microphone. And I'm always looking for stuff. So I always kind of had hoped that you would contribute more. Remember when I said there was an open mic night? That's still available if you would like to share on the Marketing Musician Podcast because the hard it is for me to find content and with me not in a band, and I'm not sure, I I may just stick to making music here in my home studio at this point. Uh, I'm getting up there in years. I'm going to be turning 50 here in about a little, a year and a half or so, and uh I don't know, at this point, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing there. And I've got, my main thing now is podcasting. I I have the school of podcasting.com. And I love that because it is creative. It allows me to get my geek on. and allows me to uh, teach, which is one of the things I like to do here. But the content here is hard to to come by. And um, so I think we're going to, at this point, just so you know, uh, I think we're going to do, take this to the end of the year, I think is the idea here. And uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. I, I think I've uh, said all I have to say, for the most part. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on that. And uh, we'd love to actually have you on the show. I've always said, go out and uh, send me an email, send me a, a, a audio clip, anything that you think about what's going on in your band. The uh, original, the original uh, title of this podcast was "The Musicians Cooler." It's where musicians come to trade. Advice, And it wasn't just me trading with you. I was hoping it was going to be you trading with the other guy on the other side of the planet. And that has somehow occasionally come up, but not as often as I'd hoped. So anything you're doing to get more fans, get more gigs, get more sales, uh, let me know. And uh, we'll start playing that on the show, and we'll keep this thing going. But uh, that's where I'm at right now. Just thought I would let you know. And I've always appreciated every single person who has listened to this show. But right now, I was just thinking about you know Seinfeld, Mash, um, Cheers, you know uh, Lost, Breaking Bad—all series come to an end, and it's getting harder and harder for me uh, because one of the things that worries me is I never want to waste your time. I never want you to go, "Well, that was twenty minutes, but I was—I'm not going to do anything on that." So I always try to bring something to the table that you can learn. It's that teaching side of me. That uh, doesn't want to waste your time, so that's where I'm, that's where my head's at right now. Just so you know, and uh, like I said, if you have anything to chime in on, I would love to have you there. Maybe we'll keep this thing going, but uh, right now it's it's getting kind of tough to uh, to get things that I feel are, are worth listening to. And I'll keep playing clips from my audio book, and uh, we'll see. But uh, we'll we'll keep going. We're, I'll let you. We'll have a big send-off, when, uh, like Seinfeld and MASH and all those when the final episode comes. Maybe we'll do it live. Who knows? But uh, for now, uh, let me remind you that for those who have money, there is therapy. But for the rest of us, there is music. Hallelujah. Stay cool, everybody. We'll see you again next week with another episode of the Marketing Musician Podcast.